WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, a good Wednesday morning to you. Welcome to the Upfront program. My name is Jeff Kamash. I'm going to be in studio. We'll be joined by Mayor Lisa Boldelli-Hunt from the great city of Socket very shortly. And we'll be talking with her along with any questions you may have for Mayor Lisa Boldelli-Hunt. You are welcome to do so by calling 769-0600. And we also do have the email up and running, which is upfront at WNRI.com. If you'd like to get through via email email, uh, you are welcome to do so with your question for Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. So we'll be revolving a lot around the city of Woonsocket today uh, and certainly a lot of ground to cover when she arrives. Meanwhile, uh, I want to tell you we have recipe for a good day coming up. Your weekly food get together brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores. Uh, nice program for you today. We're going to be talking about oven roasted potatoes. How to get them nice and creamy inside, an experience I had success with over this past weekend. Uh, in addition to that, we'll be talking dynamites and an interesting piece that I found of a visitor to Woonsocket experiencing uh, dynamites for the first time. We'll share his story and we'll be talking about uh, dynamites uh, this week as their uh, Chuck Hamburg on sale. Uh, as a great product to uh, work with for Dynamites, of course. We'll also be talking baby back ribs and Johnny Reynolds with Reynolds Wrap. He'll be bringing us a new edition talking about pork on the grill. So, uh, very uh, busy morning for yours truly. And we thank you for being part of it on WNRI. A couple of things we want to uh, plug and promote for some groups in the uh, community. Uh, first, I want to tell you that coming up this weekend on Saturday is a free event. It's an old-fashioned Christian tent revival from our friends at the Firm Foundation Christian Church in Woonsocket. 84 Cumberland Street is the location. You know it as the St. Anne Autzen Cultural Center right in the parking lot at the beginning. Uh, it will be at 1 p.m. It'll continue until 3 p.m. It's a rain or shine event. Right now it's looking like it'll be a little bit of rain, but that's why they have the tent there. So come all and participate in the revival. There'll be sound gospel preachings and teachings, uh, hymns and times for prayer and information. If you're looking for more, you can call 765-0107, 765-0107. And you can visit the Firm Foundation RI website at firmfoundationri.com for more information. Uh, there's a few musical events taking place this weekend you may want to uh, catch and not miss. How about Josie Vachon? There's a special event coming to Woonsocket on Friday night, May 19th from 7 to 9 p.m. Josie Vachon, coming back to Woonsocket, a famous French folkloric repertoire person, will perform at the Precious Blood Church Hall on Carrington Avenue in Woonsocket. Also on the program, we will feature Paul Aaron, an Elvis tribute artist. Tickets are only $10 and are available by calling 401 744 or at the door. But hurry because seating is limited. An event you don't want to miss. What a talent, Josie Vachon. You hear that right there? So the clickety clack, if you've never seen Josie Vachon, she's a one man, one woman band. Um, the guitar playing, Josie Vachon. The singing, Josie Vachon. And you hear that clickety clack there in the track. That's actually her feet on a plank of wood. Think of it like sitting down and tap dancing. So she does her own rhythm. She does her own acoustic. She does her own singing. The level of difficulty off the charts. And um, if you, But if you're not into the French scene with Josie Vachon or Elvis, but who isn't into Elvis? Of course, you have Paul Aaron, uh, part of that program at Precious Blood. The Rhode Island Wind Ensemble comes to town at the glorious St. Anne Cultural Center. 
Experience Pictures at an Exhibition, a concert by the Rhode Island Wind Ensemble to benefit the glorious St. Anne Arts and Cultural Center of Woonsocket. Sunday, May 21st at 3 p.m. at St. Anne's, 84 Cumberland Street. Admission is $20, and all proceeds go directly to St. Anne. Tickets are available at Belos Flowers, Creative Impressions, The Honey Shop, Timeless Antiques, and Vaux's True Value Hardware. Or call 401-356-0713. See you there. All right, don't miss the Wind Ensemble concert this Sunday at the St. Anne Outdoor Cultural Center. And also, there are several ladies that are out um, working towards uh, making Woonsocket proud. Uh, so there's a lot to be proud of, of Woonsocket for. Miss Rhode Island USA pageant is holding a canned good drive to benefit the Rhode Island food back. Um, current representatives in the pageant uh, taking part in this are Caitlin uh, Santana, Miss Woonsocket, Felicity Gaffney, uh, Miss Woonsocket Teen. Any amount of canned goods would be a blessing. This is a drop-off location. We have a dedicated bin in our lobby to collect canned goods. And again, it all helps the Rhode Island Food Bank. Uh, so you can donate here at WNRI with your canned goods. Uh, the Vita Church on Prospect Street is another location. NeighborWorks on Front Street. Uh, Jerry's Bluffing Boutique. Hello, Geraldine Barclay-King. Uh, you'll find her at 285 Main Street in Woonsocket. And the Babe Cave Beauty Bar 99 Main Street, the other location. Uh, and, of course, the WNRI, if you walk in the door right to the left, you'll see the bin and a couple of the photos of these young ladies mentioned as we collect canned goods for the Rhode Island Food Bank in connection with the Miss Rhode Island USA pageant. Please do stop by and contribute a canned good or two. So uh, what we do is we like to clear out a few commercial messages prior to our conversation with the mayor. We're going to do that right now. And uh, we do expect her arrival any minute. So we'll take your calls in conversation with Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt through the Upfront program. Here's a message from Vern Rainville. Well, here's a question for you. From Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 484- 384.95 for a free, no obligation in home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Matthew and Nell invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. Includes detergent, bleach softener, dryer sheets with clear plastic bags. Pickup and delivery is available too. We have all commercial front load machines, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 60 pounds, and 80 pound washers. And enjoy our 65 inch flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you're here. Commercial accounts are also welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washers up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 45 pounds. Have a question? Call us at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell, invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out a Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak, Filet Mignon, or a Bourbon Street Steak Tip Dinner, all char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. 
At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.communitycareri.org or by calling 401-235-7458. Your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide. Ciro says let's be happy again Wednesday through Sunday with our appetizer and drink specials till 5 p.m. $6 appetizers including chicken tenders, $6 well drinks including our tequila margaritas, oh that's my favorite, $6 sangria specials and daily draft specials at Ciro's. And then there's our lunch specials served Wednesday through Sunday starting at noontime. Pick a sandwich, pick a soup and the price is $10.99. Specialty sandwich combos Pick a sandwich, pick a side, only $12.99. Zeros, downtown Woonsocket. Let's be happy again at Zeros of Woonsocket. Patio open for the summer. All right, we are here on the Upfront program, and joining me in studio is Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. So we'll say good morning, Mayor. And good morning uh, to you, Thank Jeff. you for joining me. Thank you uh, for having me. When Roger takes away, uh, his, takes his time away... And uh, the upfront program is laid on me. Sometimes it's a, it's a little nerve-wracking. He says, well, what do I have? He says, well, you're going to have Mayor, Mayor Lisa Badalihan on Wednesday. I said, no problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> she'll talk forever. There's not, uh, not a better guest to, for me to have <laughs> than Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. So I'm um, glad that you're here. And certainly a lot of ground to cover. In the call today, I think, we'll start off um, uh, the conversation with the upcoming budget that is uh, now proposed. That is the headline in the call today. If you're not up to speed on it, it's a pretty good read. That'll give you the good uh, gist of the uh, the budgetary process uh, that is uh, quickly coming up as we are approaching the end of May. Uh, and uh, the budget uh, calls for a, a flat line on taxes, which is uh, good news. Correct. So right. uh, what do we have to look forward to for the upcoming fiscal year, which is quickly arriving? It is. So July 1st starts our new fiscal year. And yes, our budget is in. There is a public hearing on Wednesday, May 31st. I'm not sure what time that's at. Um, it's probably posted already, but it's usually at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock in Harris Hall. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Okay, you're on top of that. And yes, so the budget is in. There is no tax increase. Uh, some people have asked me, well, why didn't you raise the taxes a little bit? Or So my feeling is the same uh, this year as it was last year and hopefully next year and that is this is a period of time where we have the ability to utilize some funding that was given to us uh, by the federal government for reasons such as this where you are trying in different areas to provide some relief or stability uh, to the residents of your community it's like a cushion it's a period of like a cushion time and they say well you know if you're utilizing ARPA funds for uh, these 10 items then what will you do when you don't have ARPA funds well what we will do is we will budget again what we need and then at that time if we need to uh, increase the tax rate that's when we will increase the tax rate but when we have the tools to not increase the tax rate then my feeling is utilize those tools get done what you can get done and don't increase the tax rate at some point there more likely will need to be a tax increase but my feeling always is why put the burden on the taxpayer now if you can put it on them in the future. Not quite the same situation. I think a lot of people uh, remember where things just weren't being done and um, taxes weren't being increased. We heard it from other towns as well. It's not a politician holding a tax line and, and kicking things down the road. We just happen to be in a, in a better position to do that. Correct. Uh, and I think some folks are worried about those structural deficits uh, mm -hmm. creeping back up, but not the case here. Uh, interesting to read about the ARPA funds and how um, there is a deadline where we've got to report how that money is being used. Uh, does it look like all, all the funds that we received would be utilized uh, by that deadline? Yes. we. Well, they'll either be utilized or they will be assigned to a right. certain project. Yeah. 
and we do have a couple of lodge projects, as you know, and I feel, uh, I feel along with the constituency or the majority of the constituency within the city of Woonsocket, uh, that these two projects are very important. One is the recreational complex at Cass Park, and the other is the public safety facility. Uh, you can't, uh, you can't uh, take paint and cover mold in your house and think that the mold is going to go away. No, it doesn't work. So when we look at some of the structures we have, in particular on the fire side, uh, you you cannot put Band-Aids on those structures. They're large buildings. They hold heavy equipment. uh, They are housing our public safety officials. They're old. They're antiquated. And when you look at the police department, you go, wow, well, that looks relatively new compared to the firehouses. It does, but again, I believe that was built in the 1970s. So when you do the math on that, we're talking about half a century old. And it's time for us to uh, put in the commitment and dedication to upgrade and build a public safety facility. Because if we don't do it, you have to do it the next year or the following year. This is not going to change. It's not like you look at something and you say, yeah, but we're not going to need public safety in two years. So let's just try to get through and it goes away. Public safety is here forever. You need public safety and we need a proper facility. So the vision for this facility, um, not specifically location, but facility, to actually combine police and fire, would that include would that include the closure of the Clinton Street Police Department, or would this be kind of an expansion in addition to the Clinton Street location? No, it would be the closure of the existing uh, police department on Clinton Street, and that property would then obviously it's city property, uh, and then we would determine uh, the administration and the council would determine. Uh, and get thoughts and ideas of what direction we would want to go in with that property. Across the street, I notice a lot of police vehicles are parked sometimes. Is that also city property across that the street? That is not station? city property. Okay, so it would be merely the station, that fenced-in area Correct. as well. Uh, but that's an example of why we need bigger facilities. Right. Uh, and that uh, that Hamlet, is it the Hamlet Avenue or a Davison Street address uh, where the mill was? The actual address is 153 Hamlet Avenue. Okay. Driving, and that would be your preferred location? Correct. Um, driving down Davison Street, my goodness. If you only catch it from Hamlet, you don't get the, the vastness of that land. But when you're coming down from underneath the, 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 the overpass and, and you're driving up Davison, I'm always looking to the right at the beautiful Veterans Park. But now I've started turning my head to the left when I drive it on my way to work, mm-hmm. and I see the depth of that land. And, uh, boy, you could hold the fleet and then some there. Yeah, you get a different perspective when you come down Davison. So yeah. one perspective when you're looking at it from Hamlet, another perspective when you're looking at it from Davison. And there are a lot of ancillary things that would also be included within that building. And I, I feel it's an exciting project, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. For the location, I saw it as a benefit in my mind. I liked the idea of having a police station across the street from the middle schools. Um, if you're worried about keeping um, students in line, knowing the police is right across the street, to me, could help proceed the school day. Um, in the event of a situation, God forbid, like we see in other communities, the police are right there. So I think anybody looking to create mayhem on a school campus when you have a police station right across the street, I love that as well. Um, uh, some have uh, shown a concern about getting vehicles in and out uh, during the uh, school pickups or drop-off times. But there seems to be already an infrastructure of a traffic light there that can be controlled to, uh, to halt traffic. There's plenty of land behind uh, on the middle school side. So if traffic is bashed up a little bit, uh, it, it can handle it over there. It's, it's not going to be a problem of where the vehicles go. Um, but So that is the uh, desired location at this time, that Hamlet Ave location, which seems quite big enough. Right. It, it, it is big enough. And it is not only the desired location um my desired location. It is the desired location of the public safety director, um, the fire chief, former chief uh, Paul Shatra, uh, Chief Oates, and it is, it, you know, when you, you talk about uh, the egress, etc., of that property, no matter where you go, you're, you're combining 
fire stations and a police station. So you are expanding the size of the building. You're expanding the capacity, the vehicles, because now everything is getting, or certain buildings are getting consolidated into one building. So no matter where you're at uh, within the city of Woonsocket, be trying to be centrally located, you're going to have uh, concerns that you need to work around, but you don't, you, you know, you don't say, okay, well, we're not going to build a public safety facility. We're going to stay in, you know, near dilapidated buildings. When you're, uh, we're going to return to, of course, there was a council meeting Monday night. If you did not see the council meeting, remember what's a new process. You can just go to YouTube anytime. The Woonsocket City Council meetings are always there now. Um, you can watch them at your leisure. You can stop them. And you can continue watching it at a later time. So it's a nice thing to have uh, for Woonsocket following it. Um, the financial report story reached out again on the council meeting. It's been on the, the call-in shows. Um, as we bring us up to speed, what's happening within the financial departments at, at City Hall. Uh, many callers saying it's the same old story. Uh, we know there was some realignment that went on there. Um, the progress on getting financial reports done, has that been any hindrance on creating a budget? Uh, are, are you seeing some sort of financial reports? Um, how's that working out at City Hall? And where's the solution? Right. So I just want to explain something and I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to say this at the council meeting. Um, I can have these these conversations with uh, counselors uh, who want to hear my opinion on that. But there there are times that you need to understand the entire process, or you need to understand uh, the uh, financial reporting system itself, in a sense. So we are current on on our finance reports. Because keep in mind, when a month ends, you don't just press the button on April 30th and think you're going to have accurate information for April because you're still inputting from expenses from within April. So what, what has happened is we are focused on making certain the finance report is received by the second meeting of the month for the previous month. So that has happened. And it, it, I believe uh, the last meeting was uh, the March report. I'm sorry, the April report. No, where are we? Are we in <laughs> June? I'm still thinking <laughs> no, July 1st for fiscal. Hit, we haven't okay. had that yet. We're still Thank in you May. for that. So we will have, April. yes, yes. So we will have that, um, that process in place. Okay, let me just say that. But keep something in mind. It's cumulative. So if you had a report that was done quarterly, January, February, March, and you got the report in April, the April report is cumulative. It's all of January, February, and March. So when they received the last report, it is up to date for the entire fiscal year. It's not a report that is just focused on balances from that month. It's the entire fiscal year. So, for instance, when that was an issue during the removal hearings, etc. So, nine weeks, that was an issue. Now, nine weeks, someone else is trying to lead the city. But that was not an issue for him. Because there was not one finance report produced in nine weeks. So, but this just goes to the whole encyclopedia of what happened during that period of history in one socket. So I want the listeners to, to know that, A, we have not had a deficit. B, we monitor our finances closely. C, auditors audit us, which is mandated by state law, every year. And we are current. So the next report that's received will show the accumulated, the entire year, the culmination of it. So if you don't receive a report in March, for March, but you receive one for May, May will include March and April. So it's, it's not when you hear somebody say, well, you know, we didn't get it for eight months or nine months. That may be true because of a lot of what was happening 
charges being filed, investigations, all these things, and people were pulled in a hundred directions trying to get um, emails and, and, and data and things like that. But we are current. I want the public to recognize this administration would not still be here in its 10th year if we did not have full accountability and transparency. There is anything, anything that anyone wants, we're happy to share because we are extremely proud of the work that we've done over the last nine years. And we are not behind. We are not behind. You wouldn't be able to hold the line on taxes. Um, of the budget you presented... Uh, they had to go it, to the Department of Revenue. Was it four or five that you had actually had a tax decrease while erasing a $10 million structural deficit? Since the, uh, since the Budget Commission left... Early, there, might we say. Since the Budget Commission left... I, nothing is early. <laughs> no, the Budget Commission left oh. early. I, whatever people say, I mean, we got, you got rid of the Budget Commission earlier than the plan was and that's also something not to be overlooked all right thank you for that (laughs) it was uh, nobody missed them when they left either right well they were some nice people i will say they they were very smart people and they recognized that there was an issue with the finances in the city of woonsocket which in fact you know there is someone who likes to profess to be like the number person all the time, but that number person was one of the leaders of the city and clearly was not paying attention. Uh, You cannot always blame the state of Rhode Island for everything. It's like the child in the neighborhood who's always pointing their finger at the guy next door or the girl next door, right? That's not the case. So if things were looked at more closely or not trying to be hidden with You know, what I'm looking at now was a very major bond that I believe violated the charter, but I'm getting the backup information on that, which is history, but it's the point of it. Like, don't be so critical of people who are doing a good job, they're committed, they have decades of service, they're there every day working long hours, but you want to try to embarrass them or, or, you know, make them look like they're incompetent. I, I don't appreciate that. And I don't think it looks good for the people who do that. Uh, they still, they wouldn't be there this long. They're proud of the work that they do. They do a phenomenal job. And they're committed to, to the city of Woonsocket. That's very important. So we welcome anything. And you know the saying, it goes something like, if you say something over and over and over and over again, people believe it. Well, I just want to reassure the people of Woonsocket, if there's anything wrong with what we're doing, uh, auditors pick up on it. If they need us to tweak processes that we're, we're utilizing, they let us know that. And we have a very um, strong, committed group. We're going to be right back. May Lisa Baldelli Hunt in studio. Um, we have a couple of emails that came in. We'll take a look at that. Uh, and if you have a question, you can call 769-0600 or you can email upfront at WNRI.com. We'll continue with May Lisa Baldelli Hunt in a moment. Hot Belly Pub, 187 Main Street in Millville. Known for delicious food, great drinks, and awesome people. Free cookouts every Sunday, 1 to 5 p.m. Must be 21 years old. Check out our lunch special. Choose from one of 10 subs and choose from one of two domestic beers Monday through Friday, 11 to 3, usually $16, now just 12. And we've got a weekend special on Bloody Marys from 11 to 2 every Saturday and Sunday. It's a 16-ounce Tito Vodka Bloody Mary, just $5. Home of the coldest beer in the universe, they claim, with great customers and an all-star staff. It's the place where strangers become regulars. Time to visit Potbelly Pub in Millville. Friendly is what we're all about. Treasures for the home from the heart can be found at The Toll Booth, 129 Main Street and Blackstone. Their quaint country gift shop has everything you need for your home decorating needs, including garden flags, prints and signs, Americana items, flowers and berries, candles, and so much more. Be sure to check out their handmade items by local artisans. The Toll Booth also carries Daniel's Farmstead Honey. They are your one-stop gift shop with new items arriving daily. Open Wednesday to Saturday, 10 to 5. Sunday, 12 noon to 5. The Toll Booth, 129 Main Street in Blackstone. 508-876-8900. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. 
Mayor, it was nice to see you on Channel 10 this week on that interview. Uh, do you get tired of answering the two questions about the health and the Congressional District 1 race? It seems pretty well known that you're committed to the projects in one socket, but the question keeps coming up. Does that frustrate you at all? Uh, no, it doesn't frustrate no. me. I just... I generally just answer whatever questions come along. You but. seem to have the answer pretty pretty solid these days on that one. Um, the two things that, that I have to ask you coming out of that TV appearance, uh, the first question, your hair is fantastic. Oh, what, that's so sweet because some people will go, oh, my gosh, look at her hair. Oh it's terrible. Oh, my God, your hair is amazing. What hair product do you use? Is it a long process? Or do you just wake up and it's like perfectly curly? I wake up and I put an elastic in it. That's Is that? It. No, oh I'm kidding. Goodness. I'm kidding. Uh, people want to know what hair product do you use? It's just absolutely amazing on camera. Um, the, the second question is um, regarding, in, is interesting, the second half of the interview, which is available on TurnTo10.com. It's about 17 minutes. Actually, it was in the office. Um, you can see your, your probably, I assume, cards of well wishes and certainly plenty oh, yes. of them behind you. Yes. Um, but uh, was the conversation going back and we referenced it once or twice here on the removal hearings and uh, that saga is not quite over yet uh, some interesting comments that you made on turn to 10 about uh, looking at emails and the possibilities of subpoenaing emails and cell phones and you referenced it earlier so a little insight into what's happening on uh, on that before we move into other ground i will keep it i will keep it simple i feel that we're here now right jeff it's 2023, but in 2043 or maybe 2063, or one day we won't be here. But history, although some people in our country try to change history, mm. history is history. It's, it's occurrences that happened, and for the sake of our city, the history needs to be reflected accurately. And... It's not accurate, and we need to make it accurate for the history books. The thing that popped in my mind listening to the Turn to Ten interview of what could be there of communications with emails or cell phone text messages was the very opening of the meeting. And uh, I, I, the name of our city solicitor escapes me. But John DeSimone? No, 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 the new one. Oh, Michael Lepizera? Lepizera. Um, Attorney Lepizera questioned right at the opening if any of the council people had any hand in information with, uh, with uh, oh, how I forgot her name. Uh, Denise, Denise Sierra. Sierra. Uh, putting her, right. putting this document together. Uh, if, that, if they did have any hand or any input, they wouldn't be able to vote. Um, so on that question, and of course, um, whomever the gentleman was that was deemed the, uh, the, the, the gavel holder uh, there uh, next to Dan Gendron uh, wouldn't allow the question to proceed. I thought it was a very pertinent question to the proceedings. Very telling, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so I'm anxious on I'm anxious myself as a citizen to get that answer, mm-hmm. because if that was the case, the whole thing should have been shut down right then right. and there. And if you could notice, you would see some glares coming from the city councilors no. that were sitting there that were glaring no. at Denise Sierra as if to say, what are you going to be say? careful yeah. how you answer that yeah. question? And then something else that was very telling, I did not have to testify, but I did. And you notice they would not agree to be questioned. Right. No, no, no. That is extremely telling for people who are so opinionated and who so make them look, look like they're so pure. They did not get questioned and they did not get questioned because it would have turned into a nightmare for all of them i had a conversation yesterday at one of the five and it just spirals again and to me this i i'll wait for some burden of proof but to me it's very unlikely nobody pointed gave information so that's the question i'm personally waiting to get answered and and so i i feel and i will my feelings will never change that was a conspiracy. 
and some of the things that you saw that transpired during the nine weeks, and of course during the nine weeks there was no finance reports, right? If it was so important during, during the removal process, you think the first thing that would have been done was making certain there were fi financial reports. But that did not happen. But some other things happened that really point to the fact that this was a conspiracy because some of what we found shows they were working on certain things that they looked to accomplish in those nine weeks that ended up being accomplished. And But the things that were so important to them uh, and also the introduction of resolutions that were not drafted properly, but they utilized those as charges for removal. So, it, you know, you learn in life and you try to teach your children that the people who always show up in, you know, dressed a certain way or speak a certain way, they're not necessarily the good quality people in the world, right? They're not usually always the honest people in the world. So we see here that there's a lot of material. And for me, it's about the history of our city and, and really pointing out the truth about about this removal hearing. The um, next subject, we'll move on to another topic here. Uh, and it was interesting to read this morning out of NRINow.news. It's an online news source covering Barville and North Smithfield by Sandy Hall, formerly Sandy Sioni, who got married. Uh, a lot oh. of folks are wondering about the name change. Congratulations, Sandy Hall and Mr. Hall, whatever his, <laughs> whatever his first name is. Congratulations. Um, she was writing about a North Smithfield town council meeting last night where Councilwoman Claire O'Hara uh, was um, upset about the influx of homeless with the closing of the uh, shelter in Rhode Island um, and some being uh, put into North Smithfield, some into one socket without notice, according to the North Smithfield the Town Council. In that article, uh, Claire quoted that she had spoke with you about one socket. Um, so with one socket, it's been in the news. We know some uh, 40 or so are coming up to the one socket North Smithfield area. Do you get any communication? from the state when that type of project is going on and uh, they are sending them into the hotels. Many communities, even through Massachusetts, are complaining that they're not getting communication about how many are coming, what services they're going to need. Um, Taunton was in the news today. They had an entire hotel be shut down and turned into a homeless shelter that they weren't expecting to have that happen. Um, so I was just wondering, when it comes to the homeless with the shelter closing and being in the news, what communication if any, did Woonsocket get on it? And um, do you know uh, which hotel they're going to be in? And uh, what services is the city on the hook for any uh, services to these individuals? Um, so if you have any comment on that latest homeless situation. Certainly. This is, this is not an, an easy topic. There is no easy solution. It is a complicated web because the individuals that you speak of have a variety of of issues before them. Some may just have fallen on hard times and be homeless. Others may be homeless with a drug addiction, homeless with an alcohol addiction, homeless with a mental health uh, problem. So it, it is not um, a blanket approach that you can take. Uh, the governor did call. He did ask me uh, if I would be willing to uh, agree to allowing, they have to close. They had to close on Monday. The Armory. They needed to place people that were there. Uh, they assured me that other municipalities were stepping up and were playing a part as well. I told him that that was imperative for me. That this should not just be certain urban communities or just the northern part of the state, and that we would play a role because we. I felt, and I know from listening to some of the counselors, uh, that we can participate in a way. But there'll be rules that go along with that. So they asked if we would house 38 uh, homeless. And I said no. I said I would agree to 20. <laughs> and with that 20, uh, I, first of all, I'm not a huge supporter of using hotels. I feel that gives safe havens for bad habits, for some, not for all, and that does not address the issues that they have. I 
I am, as you know, I am a results-driven person. I don't specialize in homelessness or mental health problems or addictions. I don't. But I do know from being, you know, around meetings and emails and, and, and funding and things like that, that you can't attack each situation the same way. There are individuals who need inpatient care. They don't need in-hotel care. They need inpatient care. They need 30 or 60 or 90-day inpatient help. If someone has a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, they're utilizing their funding instead of for rent to live and to have a clear mind and go to work, they're utilizing it for their addiction. Putting them in a hotel does not solve that problem. So my message, and on Mother's Day, I had a meeting with the council president, Chris Beauchamp, the secretary of housing, and Ben Lessing from CCA, and said, A, stop talking and sending emails about my administration and the hard workers in this administration and the false narrative of knocking down and tearing down homeless encampments. It wasn't factual, and you're just inflaming these things. Secondly, if there are problems at the hotel, the individual in the room needs to leave. Our public safety officials are taxed with this issue just like others are. They are not doing their community policing or getting out in the neighborhoods as much as we would like or focusing on some smaller issues we may have in the city because there are so many calls for service. We would like some funding to help us compensate for those calls for service. And if there are issues with individuals that are placed in those rooms, they need to vacate the room. We want those rooms for people who are truly homeless, who are looking for help. The, the others who need inpatient, we need to get them into inpatient. Their life will never be in a good place by staying in a hotel room. So we're playing our part. We want to help. But the approach is a little different than what they were taking. The other thing is, and I made this clear, they were all on the call. We have and agree to the 20 rooms, but tents on city property are not acceptable. So you need to get your folks out. You need to get the, them to speak to um, the, the, your clients, and they need to understand. There are 43,000 people in this city, and the super majority of them do not want to go for a walk and, and pass a tent with with garbage and needles and well, things yeah, such as that. Well, yeah, fecal matter, drug paraphernalia, right. and solicitations. Correct. So the, it, it's a balancing act, Jeff. We're willing to be a part of that balancing act, but I have a city to run. I don't have one issue to, to, to focus on. I have a city to run. City property is not a camping site. We cannot have tents and homeless living on city property. All right, let's hit a couple of emails here, and uh, I have not read them, so let's see uh, what we got here. It said, good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, this is Alex, so good morning, Alex. Uh, I was at Cold Spring Park last night. I noticed something rather major had spilled into the Blackstone River. I was wondering if anybody had any, inf inf any information on it. First, I've, I've, I've heard of it. Um, not aware of anything. Not aware of anything, Alex, uh, but thank you. It's something to look into. Um, good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Mayor Lisa. This is from SL, uh, Sandra. Uh, says, first, I want to say I'm happy and relieved to see you back in the capacity of our mayor. My question today, any more news regarding the Dignity Bus being parked behind my church, OLQM, or Holy Trinity? Um, when I was made aware of that plan, I admit I had concerns. Any new info about that homeless bus? Final words, a huge thank you for keeping our taxes in check. Hello, Sandra. She's lovely. Um, we have a, a, I think we have a WNRI relationship too, right? <laughs> yeah. That's when I get to hear from her. So it's great. I'm disappointed when I don't, when I don't have an email to uh, listen to that is from Sandra. Uh, so I can't give you the latest update. I have to tell you that this situation has changed 
more times in a short period of time than than most would think or even imagine. Uh, I, I want you to know the individual who has really been the point person on this is Councilwoman Gonzalez. And she has concerns about homelessness as well. And most of her concerns align with my concerns. And that is, we don't want people out on city property in tents. A, it, it shouldn't happen. It's, it's, it's not proper. It's not helping them. And it's problematic. Two, uh, neither one of us are fans, and, and neither is uh, the council president, he was on the call, of utilizing hotel rooms. Because what that does is that uh, makes people question whether they want to stay at that hotel when they're coming into the city. So Councilwoman Gonzalez has been working uh, to try to find an alternative. This has been her, not others who may want to try to take... Um, you know, oh, yeah, claim for, for, for this. This is her. She's been working very, very hard on this. Some people may not agree with it, but the, she's dug in. She's trying to find a solution with us. And it is still open. Let me just say that. It's open. Um, the next question here is about the Hamlet Avenue property. I've heard this question. I'm not sure if you've answered it before, but I know I've heard it around. Um, if it's the best location for the public safety complex, why wasn't it on the agenda in 2020 when we could have saved a lot of money buying the property? I know the topic has come up before. I, I can't recall if it's been posed to you. Why didn't we purchase Hamlet back in 2020 when it was a cheaper price? I think that's when the gentleman who owns it now may have uh, purchased the property. Well, first of all, I can't I can't purchase the property. It's a council vote. I uh, uh, I need the council to agree, right, with me, uh, or, or at least for the sale of property. Uh, but we, I don't think I was talking about a public safety complex in 2020, and certainly hadn't gotten to the point where learning where the center of the city was and applying for grants and ARPA funds. Um, I don't even I don't even know when we were assigned the opera funds. I think it was in 21. So, you know, a public safety complex, which is maybe a 35 or 36 million dollar project now, uh, was not I was not looking at that property for a public safety complex. So I'm, I'm not really sure where the question's going. I don't think we were looking for a, a centralized unit at right. the time. I think right. is what the point you made. Um, if there is a, if, uh, another question here, if there's no increase for our local schools, can we be sure that there'll be no deficit this year and in future years if we do not increase aid to Woonsocket schools, which most of the funding comes from the state and could be cut in future years. Of course, we've experienced that in the past, um, but it's about increased funding for our local schools with the upcoming budget. The, uh, I believe, don't quote me on this number, but I believe they're receiving an extra $8 million um, in uh, revenue from this, in funding from the state. Yeah, there is a, um, and the, the mayor's budget also maintains the current appropriation for the Wasaka Education Department, requested a maximum 4% increase uh, possible. Last year, the Education Department also requested a 4% increase and received that increase of roughly 100000 uh, Less than the request, the joint work session, the school committee is set to have a, uh, I guess you had a, a joint session this week with the, with, the, uh, with the council and the school committee, but the article in the call does talk a little bit about the education education funding in the upcoming uh, budget. Um, and that's probably where the question comes from. The call reports the education department is facing a looming budget shortfall when the pandemic recovery runs out over the next few years. Okay, so, so let me just be clear on something. A, they're getting $8 million more. Yeah. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I believe this is the same thing that happened under President Obama where additional funding was given, states told their, their legislators to make sure that the legislators told their school districts that the funding you received to get through the problematic times is not going to be there forever. So adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly. All the additional programs that were brought in, all the additional resources that were brought in, uh, you need to figure out how to scale to the point where it's something that's affordable. Getting $8 million more from the state of Rhode Island is a significant increase in funding. And I will end at that. 
We have a, a few minutes to go. May I want to give you opportunity to update uh, the citizens on uh, some city issues that, that, that you want to bring information on. So um, take the time you need to do so. Uh, thank you for the email questions. Um, and uh, I do have a couple of photos that were sent in uh, regarding what he saw at Cold Spring Park. I can forward them off to That'd you. That would be perfect. Yep. Thank you. Yep, No problem. Thank you, Alex, for sending that in, by the way. And I will need the, the email address, too, so we can respond, respond. if yep. we know what's happening there. Very good. Thank you. All right, Mayor. So what's so, on your mind? Just a quick, quick, quick. Um, our classic car cruise uh, has started on Monday, and it will be every Monday until the end of June. It's not just cars. It is food. It is music. And next Monday, we're actually going to have an unveiling, which we will Ooh. share in a press release soon. Uh, our uh, street paving is underway. A press release went out on that, too. They're in the area of Willow, Wells, Bennett, Parody, Roberts, and Montcalm. So we have our paving uh, underway as well. And in addition to that, uh, we have, it is beautiful out there. So try it once. If you don't like it, don't do it. But join Coach Briggs and Coach Pascanic on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in World War II Veterans Memorial Park uh, for a walking club. You do not have to sign up. Just show up 845 in the morning or thereabout. And then there are also band exercises, which are like large elastics. That's on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then also there is cornhole. But Coach Briggs and Coach Pascanic can share all of that with you. <laughs> Meet some friends. It's really nice. Next time I come in, I have a lot of updates on economic development. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Mayor, for joining me on this uh, Wednesday morning. You made it easy to do the Upfront program. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be uh, talking with you soon. Thank you for your time. And uh, stick around just in a few moments. Yeah, don't worry. I'll be back. Recipe for a good day. We're going to talk about oven roasted potatoes. Mayor, they came out so creamy this weekend. I finally figured it out. Creamy? Creamy. And it was like little sacks of potato cream. They were wow. so delicious. Hmm. They're supposed to be hard on the outside, but creamy on the inside. Any rosemary on that? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I think that may have been it's a big the problem. Italian version. That's uh, good. Uh, and we'll be talking baby back ribs. In addition to that, dynamites on the agenda all coming your way in just a matter of moments. Do stick around. This is your upfront program, and we thank you for being part of it. If you missed any of today's program, remember you can catch it at WNRI.com. Just click on the upfront replay and you'll see the most recent edition. That'll be coming up a little bit later this morning. So stick around. Lots of programming still to come on your WNRI Wednesday, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM. Yes, Mayor? If I can, I, I did get a little bit of an update um, regarding the river question. Yes. And it is saying that uh, some of our uh, public safety trucks did go down there last night. And what they found was a sheen on the river, probably what this uh, Alex uh, per individual is speaking of. And that it was pollen that was floating on top of the water. Oh, so it could have like, almost like a detergent yes. look to it. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Okay, very good, Maya. Thank you for that update. So there you go, Alex. We appreciate that quick answer from the uh, workers here in the city of Socket. Outstanding. Uh, stick around. More to come. Good program that can put an end to constant dieting. Then call 401-375-40. Make a commitment to losing weight and developing smart lifestyle choices. Lifetime Weight Loss LLC will teach you how to achieve those goals. Call 401-375-40 or visit them online at lifetimeweightlossllc.com.